Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. Now, if you would, open your Bible to Ruth chapter 4 and beginning in verse 1. Ruth chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Let me say this, as we get ready to read, um, it has been a wonderful study as we've looked at each chapter and seen different things from each chapter about things to avoid when trials come in chapter 1. We saw in chapter 2 as Ruth began uh, to step out on faith and look to God and choose God to be her God, and she's introduced to Boaz. And then we also saw how she dives into a deeper relationship with Boaz in chapter 3, and we learned from that. And now here in chapter 4, I want you to see this message, Jesus and Boaz, the kinsmen redeemers. Let's read chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Then went Boaz up to the gate. Now remember, this is after Ruth had asked him, basically proposed marriage to him, asked him to be her kinsman redeemer, and he had promised he would do all that was required and for her, for her to wait, and he would do the work. And so now we see that, that went up Boaz to the gate and sat him down there, and behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake, Came by. Remember, there was a closer kinsman that Boaz had to approach or needed to talk to to see if he wanted to redeem Ruth and the property that belonged to Limelech. Uh, but here he is talking to him. And so he says again uh, in verse 1, The kinsman of Boaz spake, came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi that is come again out of the country of Moab selleth a parcel of land which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise or to tell thee, saying, Before buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people, if thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar my own inheritance. Redeem thou thy, my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was the manner of former time in Israel, concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor. And this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe. And Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilean's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. 
Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon the inheritance. The name of the dead be not cut off from among the brethren and from the gate of this of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. So here's the story now where Boaz goes and he, by providence, God brings the closer relative across the gate where Boaz had gone to do business. That's where they did that in the city square there by the city gates of Bethlehem. And by the providence of God, he brings by this kinsman redeemer. And Boaz says, uh, come over here. I want to discuss some business with you. And he sits him down and sits down 10 elders of the city and tells him of the situation and says, you're the closest kinsman. You can buy, you can redeem the land if you like. Do you want to do that? And the man says, yes. But then Boaz, who would have not wanted him because he loved Ruth, not wanted him to purchase the land in, in his heart, he says, well, then you're also going to have to marry Ruth because, again, that went along with the redemption and the laws of the land as we've discussed in previous weeks. And the man, therefore, then says, well, I don't want to risk my inheritance and so therefore I will choose not to redeem the land since I have to also redeem Ruth. And then if I were to die, Ruth would get part of my other family's inheritance and I don't want to risk that. And so therefore you go ahead, Boaz, and you redeem it. And he gives him his shoe as a sign uh, confirming the transaction and also the witnesses were there to confirm the transaction. That is what takes place. And that gives us a closer look at this picture of Jesus and Boaz, or Boaz as the type of Christ, the type of the Messiah, the type of Jesus that would come here in this story that we've been talking about, about how it's a picture of redemption, the Redeemer of the coming Messiah. That's a picture there. And Boaz is a picture of the coming Messiah. And and in fact, let me just go ahead and begin this way. The book of Ruth begins with three funerals. Remember, they made a poor choice, Naomi and Elimelech. They go, and Elimelech and Naomi and Elimelech's two sons die. After they were married, they die. And so, therefore, the story begins with a famine and with three funerals. But then it continues with a prodigal story as Naomi and Ruth return to the promised land, to Bethlehem. We see a story of grace and kindness as Boaz demonstrates grace and kindness to Ruth and to Naomi. We also see the story of romance, of love between Boaz and Ruth, and Ruth actually proposes marriage, and then it's going to end in chapter 4 with a proposal and even a baby. That's the story of Ruth, the book of Ruth, in a nutshell. There is sorrow and bitterness in the first chapter, but overflowing joy by the last chapter. You know, not every story ends with a happy ending like this does. All of us go through hard times at some time or another. Not all of us have a happy ending. Not everybody's life has a happy ending unless you know Christ as your Savior And then, of course, there is a happy ending. But in this story, we see the book of Ruth reminds us that no matter what happens in life, God still writes the final chapter. And if you're saved, the final chapter is heaven and glory and perfection and healing. 
Oh, what a story it is and what an author we have in our Father, in our God, the God, the living God, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Yes, what an author, what a creator, what a father we have. And we've been discussing the past few weeks the overarching theme, as I said earlier, of redemption and the picture of the kinsman redeemer. Uh, as Boaz is that type, that picture of Christ that would come. And the picture of Boaz as a type of Christ is a clear one as we read this book. And I hope that I've helped you to understand that and to see the comparison, to see the illustration, to see this type of Christ in Boaz and the similarities between them. But now as we read chapter 4, it's going to come in HD quality, clarity, picture, perfectly clear, I believe, for you and for me to see this picture of redemption and Boaz as a type of Christ. In order to do that, I want you to see in chapter 4, in these verses that we just read, I want you to see, number one, the meaning of redemption. We need to understand the meaning of redemption. Redemption means to redeem by paying, or to set, redeem means to set free by paying a price. To set free by paying a price. Now, a Limelech's property, in the physical sense, in the historical sense, a Limelech's property would have passed to Malian and Chilean, their two sons, when he died. And then when they died, it technically passed to Ruth and Naomi, or really even to, to, well, to Ruth and Naomi, but their property apparently had either been sold or was in foreclosure or a mortgage been placed on that property. And Ruth and Naomi would have had no ability to buy it back. It must have been sold. It must have been. That, that's the reason why it had to be redeemed. That's the reason why it had to be bought back. And again, Malon would have inherited the land. Uh, but, and again, Ruth, that's why Ruth is part of this transaction, because he was her widow. And then whoever would redeem that would have to raise up a child uh, under the name of Malon so that it would not... That name would not die out. That was part of what was going on. God had created this law so that the rich and the powerful could not uh, lord over the poor and the widows by taking everything. And so there was this law. Now, the problem was the Israelites weren't really practicing this law completely like it should have been. And that's part of the reason why they ended up in such despair and why they end up in captivity uh, throughout the book of Judges, and then also later on. The reason Orpah is not really mentioned, or Chilean for the most part, is because Orpah chose not to go to the promised land, not to make the God of the, of the Bible, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of Israel, her God. And so therefore, Op Orpah is kind of left out because she has... Refuse. She's made a choice to, to return to her homeland. She did not go with Naomi and Ruth. And so therefore, she chose not to go back to Israel and to the God of Israel. And again, Ruth and Naomi would have been too poor to buy it back. As, as widows, as women, they would have had no ability. But be, whoever then would buy it would also be buying Ruth and have to raise up a, a, a line in uh, 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 
Malon's name under Ruth. That's the reason she was part of that transaction. She was tied to the debt of the land. And so, therefore, that's why the other kinsman was not willing because he apparently had children of his own and didn't want to risk their inheritance. Hope you follow that. Now, that's the physical, the historical sense of redemption. But in a spiritual sense, redemption is this. All people owe a debt because of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says that sin passed upon all men. So therefore, all who were born of man inherit a sin nature. Now, they're all born of women, but it's the man that it passes through. That's why Jesus Christ did not have a sin nature, is because he did not have a physical earthly father. And so therefore, no sin nature was passed on to him when he was born. And so therefore, all people, therefore, had this debt of sin, and that debt is literally owned by Satan. When Adam and Eve sinned, they therefore became mankind, the world, he's the prince, the power of the air, but those who are not believers belong to Satan because, now, it did belong to God because God created it that way, they were lost to Satan because of sin, and then God is buying back what he had created and what he'd owned. He's buying it back. He's redeeming us. And so therefore we go from, when we're lost, the family of Satan back into the family of God, adopted back into the family of God, and we can never be disowned from the family of God in a spiritual sense. We are unable ourselves, of course. Salvation is not of works. We can't earn it. We can't deserve it. We can't buy ourselves back. Nobody is able to earn or buy their own freedom for themselves, and therefore we are in need of the kinsman redeemer, the Savior, Jesus Christ, whom God sent in the Gospels, in what we call the New Testament era, but that's what God was doing in sending Jesus who had to come for us. And so therefore, that's the picture of redemption. Had to be bought back with a price. We were bought back. If you're saved, you've been bought back by what Jesus Christ did on the cross. So therefore, that's the picture of redemption. Now, number two, you need to see the marks of the Redeemer. Number two, the marks of the Redeemer. So in the physical sense, it had to be a near kinsman. Leviticus 25, 25 tells us that. We're not going to take time to go there tonight, but if you want to look that up, you can see in Leviticus 25 uh, and the verses surrounding verse 25, you'll see the law regarding the kinsman redeemer and uh, the, the law regarding that. A Boaz was a kinsman, but there was one that was nearer, a closer relative to him, or to uh, to Naomi, and therefore to had the rights of first refusal, if you will, uh, for the land and for Ruth. Now, don't get lost in the other kinsmen. That comes into play for certain aspects, but in the general concept of what we're talking about, there is nobody else but God, Jesus Christ, who could have redeemed us. And so there's not a closer kinsman. One, there's nobody that had the ability, and also there's nobody that had the desire to do so. But it had to be a kinsman redeemer. And so therefore, the reason that's important is because that's why Jesus came 
to earth as a baby born in flesh so that he could be related to us. All right? So therefore, by being born in the flesh, he could become related to us, so therefore he could be that near kinsman according to the law and redeem us. He would, he would have that part of the requirement or that mark of the Redeemer, he would be a kinsman because he became man. He who was not flesh became flesh for us. And therefore, Jesus became flesh and blood so that he could come, he could be our kinsman, but also so that he could die for us on the cross. What matchless love that one would leave the portals of glory, the throne of grace, the perfection of heaven and come to earth as a mere man, taking off the robes, if you will, or putting on the robe of flesh, still God, and he came in our place. Now, the marks of the Redeemer, he had to be a near kinsman, but also he had to be able to pay the redemption price. That's a key. Now, again, in the historical, physical sense, somebody had to be able to pay, had to be wealthy enough to pay the price that was necessary. Again, we're looking at this Boaz and Jesus and the comparison between the two. So understand where we're going here. So Ruth and Naomi, again, were too poor to pay the price. Just like you and I were, if we're saved, or are, if we're not saved, unable to pay our own price. There is nothing we can do to earn our way to heaven, to meet God's standard. There is a chasm caused by sin, and we're on one side, and God is on the other side, but God in Jesus Christ came to where we are so that we can go to where he is. And so therefore, you and I are unable to pay the price. Our price that we would have to pay is the blood price, the death, separation from God, and therefore we would be dead and separated from God. We cannot pay our own price. Boaz, in the historical sense, in the physical sense, he was a wealthy man. He had the ability to buy, he had the necessary resources to set the land and Ruth and Naomi free and so, therefore, physically, it was a matter of money, which Boaz had the ability. He had the resources to do. Jesus has all the resources. He ha Again, the, the old God owns it all, the cattle on a thousand hills. God has every resource to be able to buy us back. But no amount of money can purchase back in our spiritual sense. No amount of money can do the job. And so therefore, the price was the precious blood, the sinless blood of Jesus Christ to set us spiritually free. And it was that shedding of that blood of Christ that was able to set us free. Uh, he who had no debt paid our debt for us. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that good? That God who had no debt, that God who was not flesh became flesh so that he could be a kinsman, and he who had no sin became sin so that he could die in our place and pay our price 
and setting us free. So the, the marks of the kinsman, he had to be a near kinsman, and Jesus was, Boaz was, had to be able to pay the redemption price, Boaz was able, Jesus Christ was able, but also had to be willing to meet the redemption price. In other words, be willing to redeem. Had to have the ability, but also had to have the desire to redeem. And Boaz, because he loved Ruth, had the desire. The nearer kinsman, going back to him for a moment, had the ability, uh, had the, the kinsman part, but did not have the desire, the motivation to buy back the property and Ruth along with it. Boaz did. Uh, Jesus not only had the kinsman, but also the ability, but also he had the motivation, the desire. What was his motivation? What was his desire? What was to do the will of the Father? Yes, but also it was the same as Boaz, love. He so loved us. You are so loved that God sent his son to pay the price for you. Isn't that wonderful that God sent his son to pay a price for you? And that price was the precious blood of his only begotten son. The price was his son leaving heaven and coming to earth and going through all that he went through for 33 and a half years and then being whipped and beaten and spit on and, uh, and, and beaten and scourged and tortured and tormented and putting on the sin of us all and paying our price. He was willing to meet the redemption price. I want you to see the third thing, the method of redemption. And we've already talked about this a little bit. But in the physical sense, there had to be witnesses. There had to be witnesses. In ancient times, as I said earlier, the business was conducted at the city gate. And as I said earlier, God in his providence saw fit to have this nearer kinsman walk by just the moment that Boaz was walking through those gates and waiting there in that city court place, courtyard, if you will. And the near kinsman was not willing to risk his inheritance. He was not willing to pay the price when he found out all that he would have to do. And so that took place there at the city gates, but in a spiritual sense, Jesus lived and served and died publicly. Let me go back and publicly. And when I wrote that down because the, the proceedings were to take place publicly. It wasn't a private transaction that took place for the kinsman redeemer to buy back property, or in the case of Ruth, people in Bethlehem in those days. Jesus came publicly. Uh, came into our world, and he publicly died. He publicly rose from the dead. And Jesus, just to kind of bring this back to the kinsman redeemer, unlike the nearer kinsman, he was willing. He, he the, the nearer kinsman was not willing to sack, to risk his inheritance for his children. Jesus Christ was not concerned with losing his inheritance, but instead made us part of the inheritance, and it's a wonderful story or wonderful method of redemption. So there had to be witnesses, and just as people witnessed the transaction between Boaz uh, and the, the, uh, the, well, in the city, but the, the, near, the nearer kinsman and then the 
leaders of the city. That transaction was public and people witnessed that. Jesus came to earth and he died publicly. He rose publicly. Over 500 people saw him alive. And so therefore he also came and was witnessed. But then the second part of the method of redemption, there had to be a payment. And let me look at, again, I want you to look at this, right? The physical sense, Boaz paid money. We talked about this, but he paid of his own wealth. He paid of his own resources. You see, in this comparison to Jesus, there are some dissimilarities as well, and that's the fact that unlike Jesus, Boaz paid money. We could not be purchased with money. Boaz paid of his own wealth. Jesus paid with his own life his own life and his own sacrifice of his life on the cross. Now, like Boaz, Jesus made his plans privately. Boaz made his plan privately with Ruth. Jesus made his plans privately with the Father. In other words, it was hidden in the Old Testament what was to come, and it was hidden exactly even from the disciples, even though he was telling them what he was going to do, but then the shadow of the Old Testament is revealed in the New, and we see that Jesus didn't come to set up a kingdom at that time. He didn't come to bring an army at that time. He came to die at that time and pay the price in a public transaction. And just like Boaz, Jesus made that transaction out of a heart of love. And the last thing I want you to see is that the transaction is complete. The transaction was complete with Ruth, uh, in Boaz, uh, Boaz came, as we saw, he sat down with the leaders of the city, he sat down with the nearer kinsmen, and he made that public transaction, and he made that public statement. Jesus' statement was what he did on the cross when he said, it is finished. Boaz's transaction was completed when the man took off his shoe, and the people of the city said, we too, in verse 11, we, and the, the elder said, we are witnesses. And so therefore, we see some similarities there as well. But Jesus Christ, Boaz, uh, the transaction was completed. And the fact that Boaz's payment was confirmed, the symbol of the shoe and the witnesses of the elders, and Christ's payment was confirmed. Listen, how was Christ's payment confirmed? It was confirmed that Jesus, that God accepted the payment because God raised him up from the dead. In one sense, Jesus raised himself. In the other sense, God raised him up, and he was witnessed by more than 500, as I said a few moments ago. Now, here's another similarity. Boaz, in, in the transaction being complete, Boaz redeemed all that belonged to Elimelech. Now, Elimelech, when he died, that went to Chilean and to Malon, but Boaz redeemed all of it, all the land, all the property. He, he, he redeemed it all, including Ruth and, in essence, Naomi as well. He bought it all. Now, Jesus bought it all. Now, you say, wait a minute. Isn't there an aspect in which Jesus died for those who will be saved? Yes, there is. And that, again, is the picture where we see that Orpah she rejected, she, now again, she didn't do it in a hateful way, but she left Naomi and Ruth and returned to uh, Moab, and so therefore she refused to go to the God of Israel. She refused to go to the promised land, and so therefore 
she forfeited what would have been what was hers through her dead husband, Chilean. It was forfeit, and now he's buying it all, but it's all going to be through Naomi and through Ruth, those who had returned as a prodigal story being played out. Jesus redeemed us. There's nobody that cannot be saved. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. And so therefore, anybody can be saved. Now here's the last thing I want you to see and I'll be done with this section of the, of the scripture. Boaz redeemed Ruth as his wife so that she would not be cut off from the people and from her inheritance. Jesus redeemed us so that we would not be cut off from our inheritance and our Father and eternity, eternal life with God, our Father in glory. Do you see the similarities there? Do you see the picture of redemption there? We've talked about it a lot, but there are some similarities. There are some differences. But I want you to see this picture of Ruth and this picture of Boaz and this picture that is to, that, that's being played out, a shadow, a foreshadowing, if you will, of the Messiah that would come. And it's such a clear picture. And it's such a beautiful picture. And therefore, when people say, well, is Jesus or is the Messiah seen in the Old Testament? And I want to say, yes, in many places, but certainly right here in the book of Ruth. Oh, what a picture it is. Oh, what a story it is. Oh, what a joy it is. And we will see that play out next week in a marriage and in a baby in the joy of chapter 4. Until next time, remember, I love you. More importantly, God loves you. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, I pray once again that you would help us, that you would help us to understand, that you would help us to see the picture. And Father, if there's someone here today that has never been redeemed because they've never put their faith in Christ, they've turned away from the God of glory. They've turned away from the promises of the Word of God. They've turned away from the work of the Messiah that today they would turn back to Him and not be like Orpah and not be like those who reject, but be like Ruth who says that you will be my God and I will be your people. And that we would dive into a closer relationship with you as Ruth did with Boaz. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you. This way.